0: It's time now to Get the Hell Out of Your Life, a weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now let's join our host, Ron Myers. Welcome listeners to Get the Hell Out
1: of Your Life. Another power field, 30 minutes, so strap on your seatbelt because today's guest has a story that I even had to say, wow, (laughs) this man had some serious hell in his life, but today he is free and doing some incredible things. His name? robbie rodrig and he's straight from the bayous of south louisiana you'll hear his cajun accent he sounds like he's one of those swamp people guys how you doing
2: robbie ron i get better and better every day good morning
1: (laughs) i keep wanting to call you (laughs) boudreau but it's (laughs) it's robbie so uh robbie so glad that uh you are available to share your story and before we get started um well we'll just start who is Robbie Rodriguez?
2: Uh, like you said, I am from the bayous of Louisiana. Um, little claim to fame, for our hometown is a. Uh, I live about a mile down the road from Troy Landry, the famous guy from Swamp People.
1: So, do you do any alligator wrestling? No, I try to stay away from alligator wrestling. <laughs> I'm
2: getting a little old for that. <laughs> well, in my younger days.
1: In your younger days, you messed. Up. You might have done it well. You had something in your life, Robbie, that was a little tougher. You might have been. You might have rather wrestled alligators compared to what you wrestled with. Tell the listeners a little bit uh, about you, how it got started, how you got started into drugs. And like I, you told me there were three H's in your life, hookers, hotels, and heroin. So let's begin your journey.
2: Yeah, I guess. And, you know, I like to, I like to see I had an identity crisis. I didn't have an addiction problem. I had a, a problem with my identity. You know, dad died at 10 years old. Felt like an orphan. I lost two really good friends in car accidents at the age of 15. 21, I was involved in a car accident where another good friend of mine was killed. Motorcycle hit me head on. And um, I started doing drugs at 11 after my dad died. And after that second accident with my two friends killed, it just got heavier and heavier. And by the time I got in that accident with a motorcycle, um, I just felt like I was put on a certain to be punished by God. And that's pretty much how I lived my life until Jesus taught me otherwise. But I can't imagine
1: just walking around day to day thinking that, God is punishing you with everything that's uh, going on. So I assume the only way you could numb that pain or not think about it was to get high.
2: That's exactly what I did. Um, after some of those traumatic deaths in my life, I just didn't... I was afraid of people. I was afraid of intimacy with people. I was afraid of relationships. So I viewed everything as a contract. You know, you do something for me and I'll do something for you. And even with that, you know, I took some numbing to do, to, to just be like that as a person. Um, it was just an empty shell of a life. Um,
1: wow. Listeners on the phone, uh, Robbie Rodriguez. he called himself the triple H man, hookers, hotels, and heroin. He spent time in prison. The road to hell led him though, to a supernatural encounter with God. We'll get into in just a little bit. Uh, but Robbie during this uh, was your, I know your dad had died when you were only 10. Uh, what about your mom? My
2: mom's a fantastic woman. She, um, she raised four kids on her own from the time um, I was 10 years old. I have an older sister named Lisa, who's probably five years older than me, a younger sister, about 18 months younger, and a little brother that's 36 now. And, you know, she just worked out. Uh, she did a fantastic job. She just didn't have the time, you know, to watch everything that we did. So I took advantage of that, really. And, uh, I was the wild child.
1: You were the wild child. Uh, hey, I, I can relate to that. I was a wild child myself as a youngster. So did you, uh, you said that you thought God was punishing you, so there must have been a part of you that actually believed in God. What was your knowledge of God at the time when you were doing this?
2: Yeah, I was actually raised from in a Catholic family. I was an altar boy from, really, as long as I can remember as a young boy. Um, up until my teenage years when my, my, my friends got killed in that accident, you know, the close knit community, and most of my friends were altar boys. It was just your normal Southern Catholic family. I knew who Jesus was on paper and the stories about him. I knew about God. Of course, you know, if you read the Old Testament and you don't get knowledge of who God is, you could easily believe that God is a person that, that punishes certain people if you don't have the, somebody to mentor you and walk you through mm-hmm. just the, the love of God and, and the whole, how the Bible lays out about the love of Jesus, you know, and what Jesus came to do for us.
1: And, and, and Robbie, that really is a lot of hell in a person's life when you think God is after you, waiting to hit you over the head with a ball bat at every corner or turn you make.
2: Yep. And you know, that's, Ron, that's exactly the way I live my life. I, I just, I had, a, I had actually accepted the fact that I was put here to be punished by God. So I did everything that I could to numb any kind of pain that came at me or to avoid the types of pain of, of losing loved ones in my life. Um, Wow.
1: Uh, listeners on the phone, Robbie Roderick, he called himself the Triple H Man, hookers, hotels, and heroin. He spent time in prison, but today he got off that road of hell years ago, and today he is doing well. Uh, speaking of prison, what happened? How did you end up in prison?
2: Uh, that was in 2010. I wrecked a motorcycle somewhere around 2006 and got on, got introduced to opioids through a doctor. I did a doctor shopping and all. Went through the progression of Laura tabs, Roxycontin, Oxycontin, Opanos. And eventually I got to that point where what they prescribed me was not enough, so I had to go to the streets to get them, which led to heroin because it was cheaper. So I would take my prescription pain pills and sell those for heroin. I ended up selling some to an undercover cop. Uh, it was quite, a, quite an ordeal. I think that was a, it was a sting in our parish where I'm from, and they arrested 50-something people that day. I was broadcasted on the news, uh, put all over Facebook, my mugshot. One, one time
1: <laughs> yeah and so where did you go to prison
2: i did i did uh paris jail i stayed in assumption parish jail for 13 months now for did, five years and served 13 out of three 13 months out of three years
1: did you uh try to straighten up in jail or wh- how were you actually, how were you doing should, drugs in jail if you were even doing them
2: i actually did a little bit of drugs in jail um some of the positions that they gave me, working in the kitchen and in the library, gave me an opportunity to get certain drugs in jail. But I also was part of the Bible study. I did everything to get out of the cell, really. I did the Bible study with the guys. I went to church. I went to the AA meetings. And the funny thing is, the local, one of the local pastors from my town would come see me and offer me an opportunity to go to the home of Greece. I told him yes. And he came back and visited me and said, well, once you finish here, we'll send you there. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting out of jail and going to another, <laughs> getting locked up in another place for, for three months. So I passed that opportunity up, got released from jail, and I wasn't out two hours. And I was pretty much back to my normal routine of drugs and alcohol and doing what I could to forget about the wow. pain in my life and the emptiness inside Listen, of my heart.
1: Listeners, you're hearing uh, from Robbie Roderick. We're going to take a break, and when I return... We're gonna find out what happened to Robbie, what was the thing that caused him to hit that dead end in life and get off the road of hell and serve God like he is today. Back in just a minute.
0: We all need encouragement. Encouragement does one of two things. It either frees us from the trouble we fear, or it gives us the strength and courage to meet the trouble when it comes. If you would like to receive a weekly text message of encouragement, simply text the word INSPIRE to 51660. That's INSPIRE to 51660. Our messages will encourage, inspire, and empower you on your journey through life. Life is tough. Be encouraged.
1: Listeners, welcome back. On the phone, Robbie Rodriguez. He called himself the Triple H Man. Ho- hookers, hotels, and heroin. He spent time in prison, and that didn't straighten him up. He got out of prison two hours later. He was high as a kite. And, Robbie, now I want to know what was the thing that just shook the literal hell out of you to straighten up and find God?
2: Well, Ron, uh I was one. Of, I had had enough after like, getting out of prison for a few years of, of sticking and leaning on my arm every day. So I decided a geographical fix was the solution to my problem. So I I was a construction manager in the oil field. So I went moved to San Antonio, Texas. Uh, made a lot of money. Ended up getting laid off, and that's where the, the three H's come from. Um, I took the money I made and bounced around for a few months between San Antonio and Austin, uh, spending all that money on hookers, hotels, and heroin. Well, I was down to about, I don't know, 135, 130 pounds. I'm unhealthy, pretty solid 220 now. Woke up one morning in Austin, Texas, with the girl on the side of me. She was probably close to my daughter's age. Um, You know, I looked in the mirror, and I just didn't recognize the man that I saw. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. I didn't recognize the person i seen anymore, Um, and I knew something had to change. I ended up having to call my parents to wire me money to get back home to Louisiana. I had spent $70,000 between drugs hotels and and, and women at the night, um, and ended up
1: back home. Wow. So here you, I see you now. I mean, you look like you could be a bodyguard for me. If I ever need one one day, I'm going to call up Robbie, but you were down to 130 pounds. And, uh, you looked in the mirror and, uh, you knew it was time to straighten up. So you come back home to Louisiana and what happened?
2: Well, I came back home to Louisiana, and the same cycle took over again, back to the heroin, which lasted for a little while. Um, my grandpa died in um, March of 2014. I remember shooting up heroin in the parking lot of his funeral. I was one of the pallbearers. About two weeks after that, I drove myself to rehab. With the idea that I was going in there just for a reset so I could get over this heroin sickness, and I could continue on my life, the drinking, the, the drugs, and the women. One night in an AM meeting, April 17, 2014, about 7 p.m. as God was giving his testimony, it was my story exactly. Not the story itself, but the heart behind it, the emptiness. And in a moment, you know, I found out who Jesus was. I heard a voice in my head saying, you don't have to live this way anymore. Um, that was my salvation experience. I have not been the same since. That night I cried a puddle of tears probably about 10 inches in diameter, but it was happy tears. I couldn't explain to people, but... People instantly knew I had changed. That night I started reading the Bible. I stopped taking any medicine that I was taking for sleep and any medicine for depression. Um, And I hadn't taken anything like that since then. My life has really, really not been the same since that night.
1: Praise God. And you went to uh, the Home of Grace. Uh, Listeners on the phone, Robbie Roderick, incredible story of uh, hookers, hotels, heroin, spending money just wild. And then finally, one night at an AA meeting, had that encounter, a supernatural encounter with God, and his life has never been the same. So then you went into the Home of Grace for, what, 90 days?
2: Yeah, I did the 90-day program, and I actually stayed for some of the 30s. Interesting story, I relapsed after two years of that salvation experience and ended up at the home of grace. It was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. From the home of grace, I ended up in Bible college, uh, I have a degree in biblical studies, and and now I work full-time ministry. Uh, just pretty much telling people my story and, and letting them know that there's a way.
1: Amen. Robbie, and you're sharing it today uh, with people uh, that uh, will hear this literally all over the world. Listeners on the phone, Robbie Rodrigue, a man that drugs, alcohol, heroin, hookers, the whole nine yards, but he gave it all up, uh, had a supernatural experience with God, and today has a ministry. Robbie, there are folks out there listening right now, and they're like you were when you were in that AA meeting, and they are saying to themselves, my God, Robbie is saying my story. What would you tell that person?
2: What would I tell that person? You know, in the the book of John, chapter 4, There's a story of the woman at at the well. You know, she was an outcast. She was looked down on by her people. Most people that struggle with addiction can feel the same way. The story teaches us that God loves us despite of our bankrupt lives. I had a bankrupt heart. You know, he loves us so much he actively seeks us. He welcomes us to intimacy with him and to rejoice in his glory. He lets us know that we are wanted and cared for. You know, he crushes the lie that no one, not even ourselves, could see anything of value in us. You know, that's his grace and his love.
1: So you went from a knowledge of Jesus Christ to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can feel the passion in your voice now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I chase, I chase after Jesus, just like I chased after that heroin. Um, with that same fire and determination, I will go through anything, under, around, anything, you know, to get, to get people on the right path. Uh, just, to, just to give them some hope that there is a way, there's a way out.
1: There is a way out. Uh, Robbie, one of the things I like to ask folks, uh, everybody that comes on, the name of the show is uh, Get the Hell Out of Your Life. How do you get the hell out of your life?
2: Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the answer. Um, you know, as a person that has been set free from bondage, you know, the bondage that is slavery, my testimony, about Jesus is a powerful tool in leaving, in leaving others to believe in. You know, in, in the same story, John chapter 4, verse 39 says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. And then later on in verse 42, it says, now we, not, we now believe, not because of what you said, we have seen it and heard it to know it ourselves. Indeed, that Christ, the Savior, is in this world. Matthew tells us that Jesus came upon and spoke to him, saying, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that command that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, Amen. even to the end of days. You know, and Jesus is here with us. Amen, brother. He's looking forward.
1: Well, you know, Saturday morning, uh, this is this radio show and podcast is divinely inspired. And after I was listening to uh, last Saturday's broadcast, I said a prayer. Lord, who am I going to interview this week? And about a half hour later, Your story comes through my website. So I say all that to encourage anybody out there. If you've got a story to tell, whether you tell it to me, to the listeners, or tell it to your neighbors, to your coworkers, tell people your story, what God, what Jesus has done for you, and you can set someone free. Uh, Robbie, you have a ministry. If people want to get in touch with you, maybe have you come and speak to their group. How do they get in touch with you?
2: That right now, Ron, you can look us up on Facebook. Facebook, It's called Redeem Life Recovery Ministries. Um, there's a number. There's a button on there to click. It'll send us a message to a Facebook messenger, or you got to click call, and it'll give you my cell phone directly. You know, I'll answer anytime. Um, I know what it's like for people trying to make that phone call, how difficult it is and how much courage it takes. So, you know, I'm ready to answer. Just look us up on Facebook, Redeem Life Recovery mm-hmm. Ministries.
1: Redeemed Life Recovery Ministries. Yes, sir. Well, God bless you, Robbie. What a story, man. I am so glad. And and uh, listen, you're getting so big, you might be able to go down and do some alligator wrestling one of these days. <laughs> let, let me know. I'll come over there and <laughs> we'll do a live show. Robbie, wrestling at the alligator. Uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Your story was just powerful. I know you touched someone today, okay?
2: Thank you, Ron. God bless.
1: Listeners, I'll be back after the break with my monologue.
3: This is Candy Anderson Ferris bringing you a message of hope. Perspective. It's weird, y'all. I'm barely over five foot and my husband is six foot four. The world looks different to each one of us. I like to run headlong into life, no instructions kind of gal. Just do it. I like to think I know what's up ahead, often leaping before thinking or looking. Coop has saved me many a time because he can see what's ahead. His words to me are usually stop, slow down, wait, now get going. But there have been times I've run. I've run from things because I was scared or again, stubborn, hard headed, set in my ways. But Coop will say, trust me, you can do this. How much more will and can our Heavenly Father, the Creator and Maker of all, see the whole picture? He's sovereign. He made us on purpose for His purpose, and it's a guided tour. But we must be still. Quit running ahead or away from Him. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. He will bring you Today. Remember, in Him we live and move and have our being. Walk with Him. Let the adventure begin.
1: A listener wrote me a few weeks ago and he appreciated my transparency when I shared a bit about my pot smoking days. He said, Ron, I thought you were a Mr. Goody Two Shoes. (laughs) Well, friends, I am no Mr. Goody Two Shoes. I'm a sinner saved by grace. In fact, in a few months, I will bear much of my soul in a book coming out called The Promoter, My Story. And when people read this, I can promise you a lot of them are going to drop their jaws a few times. In today's monologue, I want to share an excerpt from chapter one of my story. It's a Friday night and I'm part of a group of juvenile misfits. I'm probably around 13 years old. I called them my peeps because we all hung together. Now, my mom called it a gang of hoodlums. One of our gang, Kenny, had a paper route. And in those days, one collected payments in person. Now, if the customer weren't home, we tried the front doorknob. If it was unlocked, we went into the house. (laughs) Being teenage boys, We'd always do the most practical thing first. We'd head straight for the refrigerator. It was a Friday night, and Kenny and I were helping ourselves to a turkey sandwich. Lucas was in the bathroom, and Sonny was checking out the kids' rooms for piggy banks. I was halfway through one of the best turkey sandwiches I'd ever eaten, piled high with everything but the kitchen sink, when I stopped in mid-chew as my heart sank into my stomach. Hey, Kenny... Is that car slowing down? I asked, lowering my sandwich onto the plate. Has I listened intently? Kenny poked his head from around the refrigerator door with a pickle in his mouth and listened. His eyes widened as the pickle dropped from his mouth. Holy crap, we're busted, he shouted as we heard the engine of the car pull into the driveway. And the light from the headlights came through the thin white curtains of the living room window, hitting first the ceiling, then briefly illuminating our gang in the kitchen. Leave it, he shouted at me as I started to put the lid back on the mayonnaise jar, half in shock. He shoved me in the direction of the back door, as Lucas, a wiry, red-headed kid, came barreling out of the bathroom with his pants half down, trying to pull them up. He halfway stumbled, halfway hopped to the back door, where Sonny was already fumbling with the locks, trying to get the back door open. Why on earth did they lock the back door when the front door was left wide open, Sonny cried. Just hurry up and get the thing open. We got to get out of here, Kenny whispered loudly. Well, the back door finally blew open just as the front door opened. And we practically fell over one another trying to get out of the house as the lights came on and we heard voices in the living room behind us. Lucas shrieked like a little girl. Not far behind me as we ran through the backyard. I know I set an Olympic record that night. Running like madmen through one backyard to the next, we leaped chain link fences and we didn't stop until we were far away. After almost being apprehended, that was the end of our adventurous reign of terror on refrigerators and piggy banks. Now, that's an excerpt from chapter one of The Promoter my story which will be out in a few months. But do you know who else I was running from? God. And when I did stop, He loved the hell out of me. The date was October 25th, 1998. And I've been a passionate promoter for Jesus ever since the day I got the hell out of my life. Are you running from God? Maybe shame, embarrassment, or pride keeps you running. What God did for me he desires to do for you. I often wonder why God uses me, a screwball like I am, but he reminds me because he loved the hell out of me and I have a story that needs to be heard by the skeptics. Now, I'm not blowing smoke when I tell you that God wants you to live your dreams, develop your skills and talents that he gave you before you were born. Now, only God can activate your dreams and take your talents and skills to beyond anything you can imagine. I was sharing my story one day with an atheist and he told me, Ron, I will never believe in God because you tell me to. I told him, well, I would never want you to do that. It's a personal thing between you and God. And then I did ask him, I said, can I tell you why you are most likely an atheist? And here in his little sarcasm voice, he said, yes, Ron, go ahead and tell me why I am an atheist." I said, because no one has ever told you the true character and nature of God. If you really knew about the true na- character and nature of God, you wouldn't run from God. You would run to him. He shook his head and said, maybe so. Friend, I know one thing. After what I have seen the last few months with this virus I am so grateful for my relationship with God. We live in a crappy, crummy world that tries to manipulate and control us, and I believe it is only going to get worse. It is only with the grace of God that we can defeat the negative forces that come against us and will continue to come against us, and we can then see the world from God's perspective. The battle lines are drawn. And each of us has to make the choice whose side will we fight for, God's or man's. It's a spiritual battle of epic proportions, good versus evil. Two totally different plans with two totally different outcomes. One wins and one loses. I'm standing with God because with God, we never lose. Ron, will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to him. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back, listeners. Do you have a story that you'd like to share with the listeners? Reach out to me and we can visit if you would like other people to know your story. I love doing this because Jesus wants his reputation back. And you get to really know Jesus when you hear from real people with real struggles and real hope. What about you? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I mean, do you know him? I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. If you're not sure, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I want to stop running. Today is my day to surrender and allow you to love the hell out of me. Please forgive my sins. I believe you are the son of God. Come into my heart and show me my divine destiny. Jesus, thank you for being my best friend. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to go to my ministry's website and download my free book, Get the Hell Out of Your Life. I wrote it for you. This is your map To leave the land of average, the land of hell into the land of God's promises. So get ready. Pack your bags for the greatest adventure of your life. What God has in store for you is beyond words. Log on to the promoter.org. That is the promoter.org. And on the homepage, you'll see a promotion for the book. Download it. Well, I will be with you again next week. Comments or questions can also be sent through the website. And remember this, God loves you. God has a plan for you. And it's time for you to discover your destiny by getting the hell out of your life.
0: Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.